Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. So we've been talking all about them. Uh, we started off with the, the wonder of growth and talked about how there is, there is no better thing to put in your life than to understand you've never arrived yet. You're not there yet. You don't know it all. And so you have to be always seeking, always going after the things of God, always going after more wisdom, more knowledge, be meeting with everybody you can, and always go in as a learner. If we can be lifelong learners, we can be the smartest people on the face of the planet, let me tell you. Because as long as you become a learner, as long as you stay in that position, you can always go higher. But as soon as you know, oh, I know it all, or I think I know it all, you stay stagnant and you stop growing. And that's when I believe that you stop being used. And so we want to be growing. It's the wonder of growth. We're putting that in our life to say, how can we learn more? We talked about the wonder of inviting. We talked about the difference between inviting and bringing is the passion gap. And there's a passion gap. There's difference between people that say, oh, my word, this Mexican restaurant in Philadelphia is phenomenal. You must try it someday. There's a difference between inviting and there's a difference between a bringer, which is like, hey, meet me at this Mexican restaurant at 6 o'clock on Friday night. I'm going to take you there. There's a difference because there's a passion gap. There's someone who's passionate about it. And if we got that passion in us for the things of God and we understood that, hey, man, this is more than just a fun thing we're doing. This is more than just a show we're putting on. This is life and death, right? This is big time. So that passion rises up in us. A fire rises up in us to say, we can't be silent. We got to bring as many people as we can to know the amazing love and joy we have experienced. And that's the difference with being a bringer. So we want to be bringers. We don't just want to invite. We want to be someone who hosts. Someone who says, come into my house. Let me show you around. Sit with me. Be someone who is by my side. And I love it. And last week, Ashley took us into the, the wonder of hospitality. And she talked all about how you host people in your culture. And everybody has a culture that we host people in. And when you bring them in, it's all about them and not about you. And if you can get that mindset, that's what Jesus did. And that's why we always, if you're ever wondering and curious about what to do in life, man, read some Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And look at how Jesus did it. He's a great example. And he came, and for his entire ministry, it was not about him. It was all about others. Everywhere he went, he had this culture around him. And so when you came into his culture, you were cured of diseases. You saw even though you were blind. You were healed of the deafness. Everything in his culture, he was hospitable to you. He brought you into his culture. So we want to be hospitable. And everything that we do, we want to prep and get ready uh, for what God has for us. Because we believe God's in a great mood, right? And we believe God has huge plans for us. And we've only settled for the tip of the iceberg sometimes. We settle. Not no longer, right? We're going to go after the things of God. Amen? Go after what he has for us. Because they're huge plans. And we don't want to settle and get up to heaven and realize, oh my word, I missed out on this amazing plan that God has for me. Because I settled for my thoughts. So we want to go for it. So today, I'm excited to take us into the wonder of prayer. I'm excited for this one. Listen, prayer is one of my favorite things. You have to know this. We grew up in a house of prayer. 
My dad was one of the biggest prayers. My mom, we believed in miracles. We saw great things happen all of our life. Uh, in fact, when I was born, I was supposed to be uh, a stillborn baby. And I wasn't supposed to make it. And even if I was going to make it, the doctor said that I would never be able to speak. I would never be able to think properly. I'd be a vegetable the rest of my life. And so that alone was, was a miracle. And then when I was born, I had nodules on my vocal cords. And so uh, all growing up, we have recordings of me trying to talk. And it was, it was sad. It was me whispering and trying to get it out. I had to go to voice lessons and all. And the doctor said I would never be able to yell or scream or sing or talk really properly for the rest of my life. And let me just tell you, I'm feeling good. I feel good. So it's a miracle. That's why I believe in it. So the power of prayer is a second nature to me. And I'm not saying that, you know, to be all prideful. I'm just saying that because I've experienced it. And so all throughout my life, I've experienced this power of prayer. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it because I believe if we can catch this as Christ followers and understand the power of prayer, then we will go further than we've ever been before, see things happen that have never been done before, and our families will be in a place that they have never seen or felt or experienced before. I feel like a lot of people don't understand the power of prayer, and so a lot of us don't experience what it is that it gives. So we, we grow up, and y'all grow up in different homes, right? We all have different backgrounds, different ways that our parents bring us up, and some of us, prayer was just for food. You know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food, right? Or you go to bed, you know, God, just help the bed bugs don't bite because my parents are freaking me out by the bed bugs. Anybody else was afraid of that? When they left, don't let the bed bugs bite. I'm like, bed bugs? Nobody told me about bugs in my bed. But we all grow up different. You all have different viewpoints about prayer. And I, I want to get us into the scripture and, and see what, what God says about prayer because if we'll hold on to this principle and grasp this wonder and put it into our life, I really believe it's a game changer, and it will take you uh, places that you've never been before. Um, but when you're first born, you know, everybody knows that babies don't know how to communicate what they need, right? So what do they do? And if they need to poop, they need to eat. Everything's the same. It's a scream. Man, if I was a baby and I understood, hey, listen, if I just alliterate, Right? I, I liter literally put this out to my parents about what I need. If I communicate properly, I can get things done quicker. But you don't realize that as a baby. You just scream about things, right? I'm hungry. Ah! I need to change my diaper. Ah! I want to be held. Ah! I don't like your breath. Ah! You know, whatever it is. The baby lets you know by screaming its head off. And I think a lot of us go through life and do that, don't we? We don't understand how to communicate properly with the one that can get things done. And so we scream about things, right? How's your day? Life's terrible. My job, ah! you know, my car just, ah! Man, my wife is, ah! no, you're, just, you're talking to everybody about it. It's like, ah! and you're not getting anything done, but you're letting everybody know what's up. You're trying to communicate what's up. But if you will understand how to communicate properly with the one who can get things done, all of a sudden it's a game changer. Because when you grow up and you're a kid and you understand, when I tell my mother, I'm hungry, can you give me some food? Then your mom gets you food right away. Boom. When, when you grow up and you understand, you can talk to people and say, hey, listen, that was a little offensive. Your breath stank. You need some gum. You know, they can put some gum in. Solves the issue. Issue solved. Get some tic-tac on that breath. Anybody ever prayed with somebody who's got some stanky prayer breath? 
nothing worse. There's nothing worse. You're like, you know, I really accept all the Jesus you're putting on me, but the stank, you know, keep that to yourself. There's three things you have to understand about prayer. If you're taking notes, man, jot this down. This is good stuff. Um, But three things you need to know about prayer. These things help you understand why this is so important to you, okay? This is so important to you. Number one, prayer is for you. Everybody say, prayer is for me. Prayer is for you. It's for your benefit. God is a busy God. He's got a lot of plans, a lot of things going down. And when we pray, is a way to line ourselves up with what he's doing. And so when you pray, it's a benefit to you. All of a sudden, you start aligning your thoughts. You start aligning your actions, your words, everything with the will of God. Right? And all of a sudden, it's all beneficial to you. You start praying for favor in your finances. You start praying for favor in your relationships with your spouse and your kids. You start praying for the pathways of your children, that they would be led of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you start seeing things happen because that's God's plans for your life anyways. But when you're not listening, when you're not communicating, you don't realize what's going on. God's got you. So it's a benefit to you. So prayer is for you. The second thing is Prayer is a heart thing and not a smart thing, okay? A lot of us get caught up in the smart thing of prayer. We think we have to have these uh, elaborate words and this eloquency of our speech. And when we talk to the, the heavenly father of hosts of the king of kings and the lord of lords, we need to know how to talk to him because he doesn't talk to the, the ignorant people, right? He only talks to those that can pronounce his name properly. And Jehovah Jireh, you know, my provider, you know. It's like we get so caught up in the smart thing that we forget what the Lord's actually looking at. He actually looks at those kind of words, not bad on those words, but he actually looks at those words and thinks nothing of them. He doesn't care what you call him. You could call him father for all goodness sake. The the Bible says that the Lord looks past the outer appearance, and what does he look at? The heart. He wants to see where is this coming from. How many love when your kids come up to you and genuinely tell you they love you? Ain't that the best? They're like, you know, Mom, I've really been thinking about it. You're just the best mom in the whole world. I love you so much. Nothing melts my wife's heart more than that. She's like, what do you need? <laughs> I don't even care right now. You can have it. It's all you. God's looking at your heart. He wants to know what is your intentions in this. Are you desperate for me? Do you love me? Do you really want to hear my voice? Do you really want to go after me? So you got to get past the, the smart thing and get into the heart thing. Right? Make sure it's a heartfelt thing. Make sure you're seeing into the heart of God and the reason behind what you're doing. Uh, The last thing is, number three, prayer is the way to get things done. You want to get things done? Hit the floor. And not dancing. Don't go crazy, you know what I mean? Hit the floor and start praying. Start seeking God. If you really want to get things done in your life, you really want to get things done in your family, you really want to get things done in your job and what you're doing, you got to start praying. Here's the deal. God is always in motion, you know. I think it's funny when some people say, I'm just waiting on a move of God. Just waiting on What are you waiting on? God's already moving. He's been moving for thousands of years, right? Read the Bible, man. He's been, he's been going nuts. He ain't waiting on you. He's going. And so when you start to pray, you align yourself with the motion of God, and all of a sudden, 
you're accelerated in everything you're doing because you're aligning yourself with his plans and his stuff that's actually getting done. Um, and we're called to speak things into existence. You ever spoken something into existence? Any parents, you've spoken stuff into existence for your children? Like, if you don't do that, you're going to get beat. They're like, whoa, that sounds for real, you know. And you, you speak things into existence. But Jesus, all throughout his life, he spoke things into existence. When he was there, he spoke miracles. He spoke life. He spoke forgiveness. He spoke hope. I mean, everywhere Jesus went, he spoke things into existence. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Basically, he's setting up this little scenario of saying, here's two groups of people. Those that knock, those that don't knock. Now, when's the last time you opened a door for someone who wasn't knocking at your door? We don't do that a lot, right? We're not like, oh, I wonder if someone's at the door. Let me go check. Nope, we're good. <laughs> Take in my imagination. No, we open the door to those who are knocking to get in, right? And so he's saying, hey, listen, there's two types of people. Those that are seeking me, those that aren't. Those that are knocking on the door, those that aren't. And the people that are seeking and knocking are the ones getting things done. They're the ones seeing the door open. They're the ones finding me. They're the ones that are seeing the hand of God move. And so if you want to see things happen, you have to be a knocker. You have to be ones that are going after the things of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait on the things of God. I want to absolutely take charge of the things of God. I don't want to wait my whole entire lifetime to say maybe someday it's going to happen. I want to be one that's so annoying on that door that you can't wait to open it. You know those people? They don't get it. You know, they don't see the doorbell. They're just like, bang, 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 bang. And if you have kids, you have nap time, and they don't get nap time, you know. <laughs> That's my pet peeve. I don't know. I don't know about any other parents, man. But when you have nap time and people are like, I'm like, don't you know I spent an hour getting the kids to sleep? Stop it. Crazy. But I want to be one that sees the things of God happen. I believe I was born for greatness. Anybody else? You were born for greatness. You were born for a moment. And God has set you up for here. But prayer is the communication that gets you in alignment with what God's doing. Um, I want to do this illustration here. But I have a light. And you know light affects things, right? We're going to try this. This is one of my, um, my studio lights. I use this whenever um, I go film people and stuff. It's really awesome. And it affects things. Yo, G, can you help me? All right, come up here, man. Give it up for G. He's pretty stinking awesome. All right, so you have a light here. And how many know that when you pray, God is light, right? And he shines on whatever you're doing. And light affects things. Now, whenever you place something in front, G, can you just stand right in front of that light, man? Just stand right here. Just right here. That, a little closer. There you go. Awesome. I'm going to hone it in like a videographer, okay? Is that okay? There you go. Now, G right now is being affected by the light, right? Step back just a tiny bit. There you go. You can't see this, but he's, he's being lit up pretty good. And when we pray for things, we, light, we shine a light into the darkness, right? We shine a light on things, and it affects something. Now, the problem is, here's the deal. A lot of times we get our eyes on the shadow of what the light is affecting. And so when something comes into our life, 
whether it be a disease, whether you have cancer going on. Uh, can you shut off all the lights, Dave? Just do a blackout for me. Awesome. There you go. Okay. A lot of times what we do is we focus on the shadow and say, oh, it's not working. It's absolutely not working. I'm praying. I'm seeking God. I really believe in a miracle. He's going to do it. He's going to do it in a mighty way. But all we're looking at is the shadow. What we have to understand is the shadow is not the light's mission, but the shadow is the proof of what the light is affecting. And so when you see the shadow, you have to know, okay, the light's affecting something. I understand that because the shadow is the proof. It's representing. So when all of a sudden everything is getting blocked and you can't see nothing else, I tell you, keep your eyes on the light and understand that there's something that's affecting your situation. Whether you know it or not, look at the shadow. Look at the proof. Look at what God is doing in you. Give it up for G. He's amazing. You're rocking, baby. But a lot of times we get so sidetracked because all we see is darkness and all we see is the cancer. All we see is our kids walking out and rebelling. All we see is that school not accepting us. All we see is that. We keep our eyes on that. And as long as you keep your eyes on that, you'll never know who God is. But if you understand the principle of the shadow and understand that the shadow means that there's something affecting that situation. And sometimes it needs to get darker before it gets lighter because the light's affecting something. Sometimes you have to pray through and understand that you are making a difference. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Just say this. There's such an importance to having good people around you. Because I can't stress this enough, but man, if you can talk to somebody, get it off your chest. Get it out into the open. A lot of us, we live our lives in the shadows. We live our lives in the secret. We keep a lot of stuff in. And this is just a side note to this because this isn't the main point. But you have to understand prayer that doesn't come from a heart of, of humble and heart of righteousness is a, is a heart that, that sometimes gets blocked in communication. So this is, a, this is one of those keys that you have to make sure you're talking to somebody, you're talking to God, you're, you're making things right. Because if that heart of righteousness isn't there, and the heart of righteousness, let's just clear this up. It's not a perfect person, okay? God knows we're not perfect, right? I mess up. Y'all mess up? I got a lot of mistakes going on. I got a lot of things I'm working on. But that's the beauty about what, who Jesus is because he doesn't ask us, perfect yourself and then come to me. He says, bring it in. Bring it in. Bring in your dirt. Bring in your mud. Bring in all that stain. Bring, bring it all. I want it all. Because I'm going to cure and heal. It's the heart of the matter. It's saying, God, I know I'm not right, but help me be right. That's the heart of the righteous person. It's, a, it's saying, God, I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But even in the middle of my sin, make me right. Help me. Change my motives. Because, you, God, you know my motives aren't right. You know my motives aren't perfect. And so if we keep that, we're good. Um, you Everybody needs a prayer journal, man. This has been something that has changed my life, and I want to pass this on to you because a prayer journal really has 
been a game changer for me because it's marking down where you've been. And uh, let me explain it this way. Like, we, we would always go hunting with my uncle, my uncle Paul. He was the rough, tough, bearded guy who just loved, if he could, he'd wrestle deer to the ground. Like, he was just, urgh, he's just manly. He would put us in tickle trouble, and I hated it because it hurt. It wasn't like tickling fun. It was like tickling man hurt, you know. It's like, <laughs> please, no tickling. <laughs> And so he would take us hunting, and we'd, we'd be going out about 3 in the afternoon, and he'd be marking trees, right, just marking trees, tying ropes around. They're reflective so you could see him with a flashlight, and he's just marking trees. And I'm like, why are we marking trees? It's a straight path. We didn't make any turns. We went straight to where we were going to hunt. But we were walking for a while, so we're, he's marking trees, marking trees. We get to the spot. We're hunting for a little bit. Well, all of a sudden, the sun goes down, and everything looks the same. And I got it. I understood why he put those markers on. Because I thought home was that way. But the marker's over there. And so we're following the markers with the flashlight. I was like, Paul, you're smart. I don't want tickle trouble, but you're smart, man. You're the best. I got it. I got it. But see, but see, a lot of us, we get to where we are. and We don't even understand that there's so many answered prayers that have happened in our lives. But we don't get it because we don't remember where we came from. We haven't looked back far enough to say, wow, I remember this is the mark. Look how, how far we've come. I didn't remember that. It was so dark I couldn't see where we were going. I didn't remember the way home. I didn't remember where we came from. And a lot of us, we go through life like that. We don't understand. We're standing on a prayer that someone else prayed. And maybe it was a grandma or maybe it was a mom who prayed over us for our entire lives. And it never got answered, we thought. But if you look back, say, Wow. Look where I was. And you go farther. Wow. Look where I really was. And then five years ago, oh my word, look where I was. If I look back to where I was, I, I, look, I, I go back in my prayer journal, and I go back to when I was a teenager, and I started writing stuff down. And I remember writing uh, a prayer that God would make me bold enough to speak in front of people. That was my prayer. God make me bold enough to speak in front of people because I'm scared to death. I want to poop and pee my pants every time I take that mic. And I remember the first time my mom said, get up there and go play the keyboard for your dad so he can, he can talk. And I was like, Aah! I literally went into this position. I was like, mom, I can't. I can't. Don't make me go up there. And she made me because <laughs> that's my mom. And I went up there and I played the keys and I was shaking the entire I was like, oh, my word, please don't play wrong note. It was scary. So that was my prayer. God, I know you're calling me to be a leader. Make me a bold leader who knows how to talk in front of people. I don't want to be a shy leader. I don't want to be someone who gets up here and fumbles all over the place. I want to be someone who can communicate and people can understand and be inspired. That's what I want. So God, make me an inspiring speaker. That's what I prayed so long ago. Here I am. I, I don't fear anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's an answer prayer. It's an answer prayer. I remember, I remember also praying, God, send us a team to help us launch this church. Did I know where they were coming from? Absolutely not. I was like, God, you're going to have to work real hard, real hard. I ain't got enough friends, right? I don't have enough people who love. Like, you know, you know. So I'm praying. We're standing right here in a room of answered prayer. All those that have walked through and are going to join us for the launch, all those people, their answer prayer. And maybe not your prayer, but they're my prayer, right? And so I mark it down. I put a marker around the tree and say, all right, God, I'm praying for this 
specific location so that when I move on and I'm here, I can look back and say, wow, God, you're amazing. Because here, there's going to be another situation I'm going to have to wrap around a tree and say, God, I need this now. But I'm going to need to know that I've seen mountains move, right? I've seen this mountain move. And when I was here, it looked so impossible. Looked so, I, I can't imagine grabbing a mic. It was going to be so scary. But now I'm here, and then I'm like, what was I thinking? Who was I? Because I understand mountains moved here. So now this, 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 uh, this cyst that I'm praying for on my neck, I remember when the cyst popped out. This thing was blocking my airway. Went to the doctor, and it was, it was an impossible thing. He was like, listen, we're going to have to do surgery, all this stuff. I said, listen, I sing, I talk, I don't want a scar right here. I just don't want that. He's like, no, there's no way around. We're going to have to do surgery. I said, hey, let us pray. Give us a couple weeks. We're going to pray. Because why? I'm looking back, and I'm saying, you know what happened back here? You know what happened back here? God answered my prayer. That miracle happened. My son was sick, but now he's not. So I understand that. So now I come up here and I'm like, I remember the mountains move. And God, I believe you can do it again. I believe you can do it again. Because I'm looking back. How many of you are up against a situation right now and you need to look back and say, okay, remember what you did, God. I remember what you did. And now I take that faith and I put it into this situation. And I'm putting it forward because I'm going to move past this mountain. Come on, somebody. You're going to move past this mountain. I remember, I, it blows my mind every time I see an airplane in the sky because it's a big thousands of pound metal bird flying in the air with the greatest of ease. It's insane. I remember we were on our way to L.A., no different. I, we're, we're climbing, climbing, invisible air. And I'm like, every time I'm like, how are we doing this? It's a miracle. Have you ever tried to run and jump into the air and try to fly? All what, 180 pounds of us? This is thousands of pounds of metal bird. And it's flying. It's crazy. What does it do? It takes off, and in my non-scientific words, it uses the air pressure and pushes the air pressure down and climbs the velocity, right? That's what it does. So it uses that air pressure. And I wonder how many of you have so much pressure around you, you need to start using it to climb and soar above. Because you're feeling that tension. You're feeling the things around you. You're feeling it. You're like, what is this? And you're trying to go and you're trying to fly, but you don't understand. you got to use that pressure. you got to use that tension and push it down so God can raise you up and you can start to soar on wings like eagles. Come on, somebody. This is for you. This is for you. And no matter what comes in your way, you use that tension. You use that pressure. And when you feel the shadow, you understand the light's affecting. I'm going to push harder. You don't give up. When you see the shadow, you push harder. Because you understand something. God is on the move. Don't you know audacious prayers get God's attention? Crazy prayers. You ever read the Bible and you're like, man, I want that kind of faith, like the sun stands still prayers. God, make the sun stand still just for a sec. We need to beat this enemy. Can you imagine praying that and actually believing it? God, just stop the day. I know there's a bunch of thousands of people going around the world and all that stuff, but just for me, stop the sun. Can you imagine? And I believe this audacious prayer. It's the ones that knock real hard and get there. You know what I mean? Like, I really want this, God. I know this is big. I know this is too big for me. But you can handle it. You can handle it. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, God can do anything, you know? Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I love that because I got some crazy dreams. My wife knows. I come home with another dream. She's like, not yet. Hold on. I just stopped planning your last dream, okay? I got some wild dreams. I got some crazy dreams. And I'm reading this, that God can do far more than I can even dream up? What? Dude, I'm going to pray hard. I got some audacious prayers, right? And people hear me sometimes, and they're like, Lodge, you dream too much. You dream too big. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting started, actually. I don't even have, I don't even have the, the first prayer I prayed over this. Just wait till that gets answered. Then I'm going to really use that marker and say, oh, oh, God, now here we go. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Okay, keep going, keep going, because he says he does not by pushing us around or by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. There's a difference there. He doesn't do it to us. He does it through us. And so God wants to use you to get things done. He can do far more than you could ever dream up, your wildest dreams. He can do anything, but he doesn't want to do it without you involved. Isn't that crazy? He wants to get you involved. He wants to get your hands dirty. So i got to ask, when's the last time you prayed something audacious? Something that was too big for you? Something that was too big for one of your leaders to accomplish for you? When's the last time you really said, all right, God, I know this is crazy. But I believe. What does God want to accomplish through you? Come on. What does God want to accomplish? What? Both projectors work. That's exciting. Man. Real quick. Uh, prayer is setting out a road path, right? A pathway for your life. For your kid's life, for your life, for your wife's life, for everything that you got going on in your life. Prayer is setting a, a pathway, a road map for your life. Everything you pray starts to make a path for your life, right? The, and, and the Bible even talks about how in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, it says, We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purposes prevail. So as soon as you understand that God's purposes are the ones that are getting done, you need to align yourself with him because he's making pathways for your feet. The Bible even says that he watches the pathway of the righteous and make sure they don't stumble. Make sure it's not veering off to the right or to the left, but it's keeping straight so that they can walk firmly, right? Put a little gangsta step on, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Just feeling good about it because we have to understand that we're setting a pathway. So, hey, whatever you believe in for your kids, start praying it over them. Whatever you're believing for your finances, start praying over it. Because right now, you might be freaking out and say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen and all this stuff. You're not doing it. You're going, ah! But if you can start to communicate with the one who can get it done and say, God, listen, I know it seems impossible for me, but right now I'm blazing a trail. I'm blazing a trail for my finances. I'm blazing a trail. I know me and my wife have been Oh, my word, the fights and the screams and the things that were said, they're so far beyond repair. But God, right now I speak over it and I set a pathway for what I want to happen. And God, my kids, they're crazy. You know them. 
I know them. I raised them. I'm sorry because they're absolutely out of whack. But, God, I'm praying over their future that you make them men and women of God. You know how many prayers I pray over my kids? I'm saying, God, lead them. Keep them on the path and let them dream big. Let them dream bigger than their dad could ever dream. And I'm praying over their future spouses. God, I don't know who it is, but this hot mama jama that's coming for Zion. Because he's a cutie patootie, so he's going to get a hot mama jama. So I'm praying over her. God, keep her in your hands. Keep her pure. Keep her holy. Call her to ministry. Because I want when they come together, she doesn't drag him down. But she accelerates him. So I'm praying over that. God, pathway. I'm setting a pathway for my kids. I'm setting a pathway for my finances. God, make me blessed so that I can bless others. That's my heart. I want. It would be silly of you if you made $30,000 a year, right, to pray, God, I want to fund every nonprofit in Philly. Someone got excited about that. I want to I wanna pour tons and tons of money, but you barely have enough money to make it. So what do you do? You start blazing the trail. God, I know this isn't happening right now, but God, I pray that you would use me as a conduit. And all of a sudden, odd jobs start showing up and start, people start giving you checks. I've seen it done. And I'm not preaching this as like a, a fix-all. You know, plug into God and he'll give you everything you want. All your desires. Woo! I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is a principle if placed properly can change the way you do life. It can change the way you get things done. I remember when we, uh, I remember when, uh, when Ashley was in the hospital and she was having, she had her back fused and so all the, the metal in her back got infected and she had this huge pocket of infection and we were over in the DR and we came back and it was just a bad scenario. Drove all through the night, got there at 7 o'clock in the morning. The doctor told us if you would have waited another day, she would have been dead. She had so much infection in her. And so they, you know, they did surgery. They came to me and her father-in-law had driven us in. And so they came to us and they said, hey, we want you to make sure you say your goodbyes, all this stuff, because we don't know if she's going to make it. That's hard. I still remember that moment. Woo! I still remember that. And I remember saying, wow, this is beyond me. Because there's nothing I can do. And there's nothing the doctors can do. This is beyond me. But I understand something. I got to look back. And I got to remember what God did. And if I, can, if I can conjure up enough faith from that moment where God showed up, I'm going to believe he can move the mountains again. And it looked impossible, but we prayed. And God showed up. And God showed up. Obviously, she's still here and hot, so we're good. I remember uh, the day that I came back from Indonesia, and this was before Ashley and all that, but I remember uh, I, I hit my leg on something. I fell out of a tree, hit my leg. Don't ask. I'm stupid sometimes, a lot of times, 80% of the time. But I came back, and this thing, this thing swole up, something about me and her, an infection. It got infected. I was in the hospital. I remember the doctors coming in and saying, hey, listen, we're probably going to have to amputate your leg. It's just, it's spreading throughout your body. It'd be better just to get it off and all that stuff. And I remember saying, oh, oh, okay, whoa. You know, and I never pictured myself as a one-leg, you know, guy, an amputee. I never, I never pictured myself as that. 
But I remember praying, okay, God, you're going to have to show up again just like you did, just like you did before. What do you do? You're looking back. You're remembering, I serve an awesome God. I serve a powerful God. Your prayers, you're looking up again. All right, what are the prayers he's answered? i got to get some faith in me. i got to build up my faith stamina because I have to understand who God is in this moment because prayer gets things done. Prayer gets things done. I could go on and on. Believe me, I could go on all day about how God has shown up. But I won't because I believe you have a story to tell. I believe God wants to write a story through your life. God wants to show up and show himself awesome through you. And if we'll increase our desperation, he'll increase his delivery. But we have to increase our desperation level because he wants to deliver. He wants to set it out, but he wants to do it through us. So we got to increase. We got to keep going. And we got to keep our eyes on where our power comes from instead of keeping our eyes on what his power comes to solve. So many times we keep our eyes on the things he's come to solve. We say, this issue's too big. He says, look at me. Uh, this is way too big for me. Look at me. Keep your eyes on where your power comes from because when you know that, everything else works itself out because that is who is for you. Keep your eyes on where your power comes from and not what his power comes to solve. Let's pray. God, we love you today. I thank you for all you're doing in us, all you're speaking to us. God, I pray you pour out your spirit on who we are, what we're doing. God, develop develop people who are desperate to see a move of God in our city. Build up our faith. Build up. Wouldn't you make that your prayer? Say, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. Let me believe who you are. Let me believe in who you are and what you can do. God, let me not settle for the things that I see. Let me not settle for the things I understand, but God, let me push past and push into who you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hey, I want to challenge you. On Friday, we have 30 days until launch. Okay, on Friday, 30 days. We have 30 things we're praying for. What we're going to do is we're going to post it on social media, the 30 things that we're we're praying for. Can you grab up that 30 list and join us and start to pray these things over our city? We're going to start praying over the schools of Philadelphia. We're going to start praying over the students in the colleges that they come alive to the purpose God has for them. We're going to start praying over the civic leaders, over the government of, of Philadelphia. We're going to start praying for wisdom to flow. Can you join me with that? And let's start seeing things happen that we can look back and say, wow, God, look what you did. And believe me, when launch happens, we're going to look back on this eight-week period and we're going to say, wow, look what the Lord has done. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.